0: Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we will get the story of how Ted Gregorick started T Gregorick AV Consulting, an audiovisual integration company. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters.
1: You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. So, I was in a drum corps, uh-huh. and the lady that ran the drum corps could never get my name right. Yeah, and we're doing the big finale, marching backwards, and I've got these giant drums strapped to my body, and we're marching backwards doing this big finale. Yeah. And she goes, "Stop!" And she could never. She called me Ted. She called me Greg. And she called me Rick. And she could never get it straight. Yeah. She stops and she goes, "Is your name Ted, Greg, or Rick?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> and her head exploded. <laughs> And everybody laughed, and she had no idea why everybody was laughing at her.
0: That is perfect. That's perfect. I kind of want to start the podcast with that story. Okay. Can we just go, jump yeah. into it? Yeah. That's like the perfect way to start this podcast. I was going to welcome you, yeah. do this whole formal thing, but no, that's a great way of doing it. So Ted Gregorick of T. Gregoric AV Consulting, welcome to Local Matters.
1: Well, well, thank you. How was that? Did I say that's your name That's great, right? yeah. Nice. I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> it's so good to see you. Um, I kind of st- I feel like I start almost every episode like that because it's been so long since we've just seen our people.
1: Right, you yeah. Know? You know? Well, and I used to see you every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and we haven't, it's, you know, everybody's been sequestered.
0: It has definitely been something, um, you know, that we've never really experienced before. Good things have come out of it. You know, I've learned a lot about you know, my likes and dislikes and how to be more flexible. And um, but I also have learned that I really am a people person and I really need to see I miss hugging
1: people. I really do. It's like the minute I get vaccinated, anybody else that's been vaccinated is getting hugged, whether I know them or not.
0: Right. There you go. I know I've told people um, my friend Susan Decker, she makes T-shirts. We have lots of Indian original companies that make T-shirts. And I'm like, who wants to make me a T-shirt that warns people that I'm a hugger? Because as soon as we're allowed to do that, I'm all in. I'm all in for sure. But your company has been able to really—I hate the word pivot, but that's kind of the yeah, word, it's exactly it's the what,
1: buzzword. That's exactly what we did. You've been able to do that through all of this. Well, it—it, it, uh, I had a week in March of, oh, expletive deleted. What am I going to do? Cause, March 2020. Because everything we had, we had a bunch of stuff scheduled. And it all canceled because everything got locked down.
0: So for people who aren't familiar with your company, explain okay, what you do well, exactly.
1: Well, that's the thing. I, I do. There's a lot of stuff we do. I'm a, primarily a sound engineer. I'm an old roadie. I've toured with Van Halen and Pat Benatar and Billy Joel and a European lady you've never heard of that sold more records than the Beatles and Rolling Stones put together. And so, but when my kids were little, I needed to get off the road. And I started doing installations primarily installing sound systems in churches and schools we expanded to video and lighting over the years Um, and then I did that for a long time and then uh, I got roped into doing the broadcast engineer for the Colts for NFL radio and that's how I got into radio and then I did that for a season and then I, I got an opportunity to go out and be a video engineer for Toby Keith and I went and did that, and then I came back and got back into radio, and I did that. You know, you and I worked at MS for, you know, six years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that came to an end through no fault of my own, and I went back in. I just jumped back into doing installations. But I also, I mean, I own a PA system, so I go out and do live events with my PA system. And uh, so, but, you know, with 2020, you know, my primary clients were churches and schools. Okay. So... You know, that all closed down, and we, and we also do a fair amount of remote broadcasting. So uh, I'm a freelance broadcast engineer still, and I do, uh, was doing a lot of that. And um, so all of that canceled in 2020. I mean, you know, the churches and schools closed down. So what wound up happening is that we pivoted and figured out remote broadcasting on a whole new level. And so we were we got a contract that went from the last week of March up through, you know, end of November. And I was in there 40 hours a week producing radio shows for a national network over, you know, for, you know, for for all year. And it it really it really saved me. So I, I came out of 2020 reasonably unscathed.
0: So in a nutshell, you make sure people sound good. Right. Whether that's a radio broadcast, it could be a network broadcast, it could be... Now you're into video too, right?
1: Right. I just I just pulled the trigger on a video system that's nearly 100% wireless. And it I can do a full four-camera shoot, um, and the whole system fits in uh, one small carry-on luggage case. Which if you
0: listening if you have seen a studio before seen all the equipment it entails that's incredible tech
1: yeah it just it's like it, it, it and i i did a lot of research and this system's like the only thing that does what it does the way it does it and uh and so and you've seen it and mm-hmm. it's like it like it literally i mean uh, it, it li- will fit in one carry-on case the whole thing
0: well and You know, as much as we want to get through this and go back to normal, the reality is, you know, social distancing is still going to be really comfortable for a lot of people. They're not going to want to be, you know, right on top of each other at, you know, an eight person table kind of thing. We are going to need to spread out, and we are going to need to still broadcast things to a virtual audience and an in person audience at the same time. And that's what your equipment allows you to do, right? right?
1: Yeah, And, and, and we can go set up in a conference room, and the it streams directly to the internet. Um, so I would if I would go to your conference room and I would set up, and but this thing, this thing takes half an hour to set up. I'm not sending six guys with a, a truck and cable trunks and power distribution and tripods and big cameras and wire running everywhere that's you know how
0: long does that usually take
1: that takes a hours, day a couple hours <laughs> you know that takes several hours to do that and like i said we i can come in set up in 30 minutes and and depending on the the audio needs or what are the are what become big mm-hmm. because the video part of it is just tiny and but you know depending on how much audio i need is to, i mean i can you know mic up to a full orchestra if, if you want but we come in and set up 30 minutes shoot for an hour Gone in 10. You know, it's like it doesn't, it takes no time or effort to do this anymore. And I can show up and so we can do have your people at your conference table and have a four camera shoot and shove the whole thing down Zoom or whatever and and you know, Teams, Facebook, YouTube, whatever your whatever your format is and at 1080p. Well, and there's a lot of technical challenges too with you
0: know, using zoom for everything you know if you have two computers next to each other that are both trying to use zoom you can't have both microphones on at the same time right, right? you yeah. know there's challenges that we've worked through during all of this and ted one of the things i love is you know i can tell um how kind of geeked out you are about oh, yeah. this technology like, yeah like, it is you it's like absolutely love it
1: yeah it, it's and, and, and like you said I, I was primarily an audio engineer and, and i mean i've I know enough about video to be dangerous. I mean, I've been a camera operator. I've mm-hmm. been a video engineer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know how to do that. But it's just this doing everything nearly wirelessly is just – and it, and for it to be as steady and, and works all the time. Uh, the only thing I haven't tested out is how far away I can get with it yet. I haven't tried mm. to um, I need to, like, you know, run out, out the front door and go see – just see how far I can get before it quits working. But yeah it's pretty far
0: that's awesome yeah
1: ted what did you want to be when you grew up well i was started i was i'm a drummer and my wife and i have a band we play in once in a while for fun we were the rents uh, the rents you can you can talk
0: about them well we played
1: we we always play we're always (laughs) on the uh radiothon over up at sullivan's for the salvation army um and uh i think that's the first time you and i really worked together was on that
0: at radiothon? Yeah, probably. I think that, but I mean, at, I mean other than see all each the each stuff just, I made
1: you fix for me. At
0: well, the radio but station. I mean, <laughs> but
1: I mean, that's my first real memory of you yeah. was doing the first radiothon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I was a drummer, and I wanted to be a drummer. And my dad and I, went, my dad was an automotive engineer, and he wanted me to go be an engineer. And I got down to IU, and I was in the uh, music education program, mm-hmm. and to be a, a music teacher. And my. Uh, and, uh, I discovered they had an audio technology program down there and my dad was like that made him happy cuz being I was going to be an audio engineer ah. and that made that, that like okay this is a, it's the, the word is more acceptable that's more acceptable well, and the other thing you know uh, being in the back end on the tech on the the technology side and the production side you can have a career for your entire life mm-hmm. as opposed to try and be a rock star and you get your 10 minutes of fame mhm um, And I was just reading some statistics this morning about how, you know, less than 1% of musicians, you know, get anywhere, really. Wow. You know, so it's like, you know, so I'm glad I did it. And I got, and I'm the first person to graduate with a degree in audio technology from Indiana University.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm the very first person to walk out of there with that degree. It was brand new. Yeah. and, And I tell you, it was a really hard day for me. There was a day. When I realized I was a much better engineer than I was a drummer, oh, tell I me was, about that. Well, I mean, I was playing with a band down there, and and I was, you know, uh, but I'd wake up in the middle of the night and think of new ways to patch gear together, and and mm-hmm. and have to write them down, and and it just, and I started going out and running sound, and I was real, I was like, I'm really good at this, and I'm an okay drummer.
0: What was that like though to have, kind of. That wake up call, right? Because we have it in our heads what we're going to be, and then sometimes we just stumble upon Something. what we're meant to do.
1: Right? Yeah. It just. I don't know. It just seemed to. It's what was it? It's um, it's like runners that'll run in the forest at night mm-hmm. and not hit tree. You know, gate of power. Mm-hmm. And uh, audio became my gate of power. It, it, people would watch me, like I, when I was a monitor engineer, I'd have like you know 38 speakers on stage and 12 mixes and 10 musicians and a rock star and something would start to feed back and i've got this literally i've got i had a rack that was four feet tall Mm -hmm. full of graphic eqs there was 12 of them and i would reach over and just hit one and each graphic eq had 32 faders on it okay and i would without looking i would just reach over and grab one fader and pull it down and make it stop the feedback go away and somebody looked at me one day and goes, "How do you do, how do you do that? How did you know to do that?" And I went, "I don't know. It just it's I just, just in do, you. I just I just it's just instinctive at this point." Yeah. And uh, so, and when it got when it got that when I got to that point that I I it just became instinctive. I was I knew that was what I had to do.
0: So, how do you go from wanting to be a drummer to working with bands like? van halen and billy joel pat benatar well how do you get
1: there the, okay well so when I, I realized i wanted to be an engineer not a drummer mm-hmm. so i i went and i was worked for there's several sound companies around town here that i went and worked for mm-hmm. and there's a kind of an interesting chain of events that went from working for this little sound company here in town and i ran sound for dotty west over at some little podunk town over by Terre Haute. Okay. And her son, Carrie, was her sound engineer. Mm-hmm. And he and I got to talking, and there, there's one thing that's really important here. I never went anywhere without a resume. Mm. I had one, not a business card. I had a uh-huh. resume with me 24-7. If okay. I left the house, I had a resume. If I, It might be in the car. I might have to run out the car and get it, but I had one. And... I gave him a resume because he said, hey, man, there's this band that I've been working with. And I don't have time to mess with them. And that sounds like it's right up your alley. They were a heavy metal band. And I was like, you know, I had hair standing up like a rooster. And it was the <laughs> 80s, you know. And, you know, I looked like a reject from Judas Priest, you know. Okay. And, and so, so I, um, I, I give him a resume. And I don't know, a couple weeks later, I get a call from this English guy. And he interviews me over the phone. And he goes, and he asked me if I had any convictions. And I said, well, like, you mean religious? And he, <laughs> and he was asking if I'd, like, been convicted. And, oh, and, and, like was, actually, and, like, and, been
0: in jail or right, something. Right, yeah, gotcha. yeah,
1: So, and, I, I, and he just laughed. Anyway, so I went down and met with these people. And I wound up going to Nashville and working with this heavy metal band down there. Uh-huh. And uh, we wound up, we were supposed to go to Florida and do some club dates and then go into the studio in Tampa and record an album. So I went with them, and I was living at my uncle's house. I got an uncle down in Tampa, or in Orlando. And uh, so I went down there and worked with this band, and we did some shows. And the day we were supposed to go into the studio and start the album, the management company jerked their deal out from underneath them. Oh, wow. Stranded me in Florida. And I, I stayed down there, and I wound up, I met some people, and they Van Halen was doing their first, 1988, their first Monsters of Rock show. The very first show was in Tampa. Uh huh. So I got it. You know, I called the, and they said, "Hey, we need people for the load-in, so we want you to come over for this a day and and do a load-in." Well, this load-in lasted like. I was there for eleven days. Oh my gosh! And all I had for was for one show. For well, yeah, and wow, because this was the first time the stage had mm-hmm. ever been built. Yep. So they're building the stage for the first time, and that took forever. And and this stage was like it was bigger than any stage that ever. Like this whole tour, everything was bigger than anything that had ever been out before. I mean, the tour was the biggest tour that ever mm-hmm. gone out at Van Halen's Monsters of Rock in '88. So it was it was Van Halen Scorpions. Dokken, Metallica, Kingdom Come. Wow. Okay. That's Any, an
0: incredible
1: lineup. Yeah. So anyway, so I go over there thinking I'm going to be there for one day. I've got one change of clothes.
0: Were they? Was everything black? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so I go over there, and I had a friend in Tampa mm-hmm. that I'd run into. I actually, we were on that club tour, and I ran into her on the club tour, and she goes, Ted, I go, Julie, and we're like, ah. And so, you know, and then so I said, hey, I need a place to crash for a night. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. So I went over and crashed with her. And so I wind up being stuck there for 11 days. So I would go work and I would come home back to her place and I would take my clothes off and put the one pair of clean clothes I had on and wash the dirty Uh ones. And every night I would come home and just rotate rotate clothes and sleep in the ones I was going to wear the next day because that's all I had. And uh, so anyway, I... I think I even I went out and bought a toothbrush and, a, and some, you know. Well, yeah, if you I weren't I expecting I, to
0: be there, you didn't have right, anything.
1: I, right, yeah. So anyway, so we do this load in. We do the show, load out. The show's over at midnight. It's 8 in the morning. The stage hands, there was like, you know, 100 stage hands there, like what I was. Yeah. And they've all vanished. Me and the sound crew chief are loading the rigging truck. The sound rigging truck, the, the, the all the mm-hmm. hardware you used to hang the PA in the air. We had 80,000 pounds of PA hanging over people's heads wow. off of the downstage edge of this stage. So uh,
0: picture yourself going to a concert. Remember when we used to do that. And you look at the stage setup and you look up. And there's so much equipment right. that goes into the lighting and the sound. I and mean, that's what we're talking about here, and, right? All of the, yeah, the, the structure.
1: Yeah, right. And, and this, like I said, this stage structure was bigger than anyone that had ever been built before for an outdoor stage and it would hold more weight than any building in the country it just it was designed to flex seven inches in the middle under full load and under the full load we had it it only flexed four inches so we had another three we didn't even have it loaded to its max and we'd hung more than than anything that ever been hung before so anyway but so we're at that last night and me and the, the sound crew chief and he's the Like crusty old ah,
2: (laughs) kid. I mean,
1: you know, he'd get up first thing in the morning and grab a bottle of vodka and go
0: mouthwash. Oh, geez. And and we've uh, all
1: known those people, though. And (laughs) anyway, but uh, so he and I, eight o'clock in the morning, we're loading the rigging truck, and he ah, good job, kid. And I go, can I give you a resume? Because I had my resume resume. out. (laughs) I I had borrowed my my uncle's van. And it was, I said, and so I ran out to the van I get, I ran back in, I chased him down, I handed it to him, and he just looked at it and wadded it up and stuck it in his pocket. And, uh, and we were there for like four more days, tearing that stage down. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I get home to my aunt and uncle's house, and my aunt said, Somebody called for you. I went, oh, who was it? She goes, I don't know. She said, They'll call back at 10 in the morning. And I went, My, my aunt is a North Carolina hillbilly. Okay. She's just, I mean, my mom and, and her family are all, and my, this was my, my mom's brother's wife, but mm-hmm. they, they were, you know, from Brevard, North Carolina. So that's, they were, anyway, this guy that called was Scottish and she didn't understand a word he oh, said. Oh, goodness. He had a real thick, brogue accent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. So she couldn't
0: take the message because
1: she didn't know, know what the message was. Right. He just, <laughs> know he wanted to talk to me. And, um, cause I must have written the phone number at my aunt and uncle's mm-hmm. house on the, on the, yeah. on the resume because the one that was back here in indiana i wasn't there mm-hmm. um so anyway so i sat by the phone at like 10 15 the phone rings and he says there's a plane ticket waiting for you at the airport go get on a plane go to philadelphia you're a monster of rock <sighs> and i got <coughs> i got goosebumps
0: just did, hearing uh, that h-
1: hiring hired on the fourth largest sound company on the planet at the time
0: Ted, that is an incredible opportunity. Right. What was going through your mind when oh, you purchased? Oh, well I was just
1: oh, well, I was. <laughs> Here is the other thing. I, I my my wife now had been my girlfriend back then. Okay, and I was at some ask point at that. some point in time, I told her I was twenty five, and mm-hmm. I said, if I'm not doing Van Halen <clears throat> at Market Square Arena, because that that was before you know that that's what was the, the venue at yes, the time. Yes, yes. Uh, by the time I'm 30, I'll quit and go to electronic school and fix VCRs and stuff. And mm-hmm. she says, okay, that's a, I, I can live with that. Well, at 27, I go out with Van Halen, and we wind up playing the Hoosier Dome.
0: Wow. You did it, Ted. Yeah.
1: So Are you going to cry right now? I might, yeah. I cry at dog food commercials. I might cry for you. Okay. Like, this well, is just an incredible yeah, so, uh, so dream anyway, come true. Right, yeah. So I'm like... And then, so,
0: I... It's okay, you can take a minute if you need to just... I, uh,
1: what happened your was, Your nose is so turning a little red. I You've go got some,
0: <laughs> some watery eyes there.
1: I go through, um, I do the Van Halen tour, and I'm just a cable maggot. I'm hanging speakers, plugging speakers in, stacking subwoofers under the stage and plugging them in, miking the stage, you know, mic, putting the microphones out, that's all I do. Okay, so, the crew chief that hired me is also the crew chief and production manager for Pat Benatar. So, when Van Halen's mm-hmm. over... We go do Pat Benatar. And again, Mm -hmm. I start out, I'm just a cable maggot. Okay? Well, Patty hadn't toured for five years. She took five five years off to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the Wide Awakened Dreamland tour. So this is the fall of 88, going into Christmas. Um, So I go out, and I'm just a cable maggot. And she doesn't have a wireless mic, so I, she's got a, like a hundred foot cable, and I got to keep her from getting. <laughs> that was my job was to keep her from getting tangled up. So I'm squat down by the corner of the stage, mm-hmm. paging her cable. Anyway, so monitor engineer number one doesn't isn't doing very well. Patty's dying. Look what, what Patty didn't use floor wedges like you used to see. The she used just use what's a floor wedge? A floor so wedge the is a speaker that's facing the stage, that's facing mm-hmm. up at, at the singer, so yes. that. They can hear themselves. Well, she just used two big speakers on either side of the stage for Mm -hmm. side fills, and she had been playing arenas, and was used to hearing herself in the in sixty PA cabinets in a giant filling up a giant. Right. So she could hear herself. Right. Mm -hmm. Five years goes by. We're playing proscenium theaters, and so we're behind the wall, Mm -hmm. the 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 front of the stage wall. So we're behind that, and the PA is in front of it. She can't really hear the PA anymore. So somebody got this brilliant idea to put a bunch of reverb in her side fills so she'll feel like it's a big room. Well, she's out there, and she hasn't performed a a 90-minute set in five years. And so we go through a few weeks of the show, and, and they figure it's the monitor engineer, and they fire him. And they get a new guy come out. The new guy was Guns N' Roses' house engineer. Now, he came out, he did a little better, but she's still not making it through a show. And he gets a call from Axel, and Axel says, hey, we're going to New Zealand, get on a plane. And he's like, well, I'm out of here, see you, bye. The third guy k- supposed to come out, got agoraphobia and wouldn't leave his house. So I'm sitting there, I, I set up and did sound check that day, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm looking at the crew chief, uh, where is this guy? Ah, he'll be here, kid, don't worry about it. Ah. Well, like 20 minutes before showtime, he goes, get in there and mix, kid. And just throws you to the uh, wolves. Throws me in. Well, in my lifetime, I've had what I call moments of clarity, and this was one of them.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I turned the reverb off. I was a monitor engineer. I knew how to... I mean, my very first monitor gig was Charlie Pride up at Lafayette. Okay. That's the very first time I ever ran monitors. Mm-hmm. And he looks over me and he goes, walks on stage, starts a song, finishes the song, looks over me and goes, Sounds great. Don't touch nothing. And I went, All so, right, there you go. Went, so... So, I uh, so I turn the reverb off and I just turn Patty up really loud in the side fills. And they're stereo. So, as she moved to one side, I would turn that side down and turn the other side up. So, it was.
0: So, you were moving with her? I was moving you were I was, with I was, her. Yeah,
1: right. And so, we get through the show. I'm tearing down, and we're short a guy because I got to tear down the monitor rig and all the stuff I used to do. So, and I, hey, they want to see you in the dressing room, kid. So I go to the dressing room. What is your feeling when you hear well, that? Well, I'm like... Are you freaking out? Yeah. Like you think I'm you're like, going to get fired? Or I don't excited know. I, or you just I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. Okay? okay. So I go in and Neil, Gerardo, her Patty's <laughs> husband, the guitar player, points at a chair and says, sit down. And this chair's pointing back towards the entire band. So they're all sitting in a big semicircle and I'm you're across it. from them pointing... Looking yeah. ra- right at the whole band. So I got, you know, Myron Grumbacher, the drummer, Patty, Neil, uh, the bass player, and I'm going to forget his name. And we had two background singers in the band, you know, so it was like seven, oh, a keyboard players, so like seven people. And and Neil looks at me and goes, Why haven't you been doing this from the beginning? I said, Nobody asked me. Because you were just the cable maggot. Cause he, I said, Nobody asked me. He goes, Fair enough. I said, I got to go tear down. He goes, Okay, go on. And I became. A first call monitor engineer in my second tour, which never happens. Wow. So I, went, I Jumped and went to the head of the class then when my daughter was born and I'm She's like two and a half and I'm getting ready to go out and do something and she's, daddy Please don't go and she's crying. I'm like I can't take this and my buddy called me and offered me Bruce Springsteen and they were going out for three years And I said, man, my daughter will be five before I get home. I can't do it. And I turned it down. And I turned down Ringo Starr, too.
0: Coming up, the challenges and successes Ted has had along the way and what he wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters.
2: Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked... Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born.
0: Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If
2: you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more billion for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses.
0: Download our app powered by b Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and get your business certified local at IndianaOriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living.
2: Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local, independent restaurants. Because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods, we're local. This is our home too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com.
0: We've been chatting with Ted Gregorick of T. Gregorick AV Consulting, who started doing his business in 1999 after a career as a roadie with some of the largest musical performers in the world, including Van Halen, Billy Joel, Pat Benatar. And after life on the road, Ted even helped install the Dynasphere at the Indianapolis Children's Museum at the Children's Museum of Indianapolis, and he's worked on projects at the Indiana State Museum, and he's probably worked on something you've heard and you don't even know it. Ted, what has been the hardest part about being a business owner?
1: The hardest part for me is the paperwork, the, the business part of it, because that's not my strong suit. Um, you know, that, that just bookkeeping mm-hmm. that as a matter of fact I'm, I'm looking to find a part time bookkeeper right now yeah. so if anybody's out there that wants to straighten my QuickBooks out for me give me a call <laughs>
0: we have a few Indian Originals yeah. referrals for you for yeah. that too yeah. but what's the most rewarding part though
1: well <clears throat> you know uh, you, uh, doing something like the Dinosphere or the State Museum because the Dinosphere you get to you know, I mean I, I had t-shirts printed up said we make dinosaurs roar Oh, that's adorable. Because we did. I mean, you know, when when those dinosaurs make a noise, or, or they, that was, I put that system in. I designed it and put it in. Um, and then I interfa- I designed the interface between the audio and the lighting so that it would all run yeah, together. Yeah, so
0: like when lightning is striking yeah, and right. you hear the so thunder. It's all, and, so it's all, yeah.
1: you know, when we first fired that up, what was her name? Jennifer, uh, I can't remember her name, but she was the charge of uh, VP of... Exhibits or something over there, and she, she was actually said in the in the Indy Star newspaper. And she, quote, she says, "Yeah, when they first turned the system on, you could feel it in your skull." And I said, t- I tried to get her to say that on tape, and she wouldn't do it. But uh, w- the gas station across the street, uh-huh. that Shell station, they thought something blew up when we first fired that system yeah. up. and the and the uh, um the and, you know they did a uh, they made me turn it down, which I was kind of upset about because they're their their test audience they mm-hmm. did it like on a tuesday and a wednesday so i've got you got young mothers with a infant in a stroller and a toddler hanging on to one finger mm-hmm. okay 2 3 year old and they're going through the dinosphere and that thunderstorm kicks up and the kids start crying
0: oh. and i'm like
1: i'm like that's not your target audience your target audience is 8 9 10 12 year old mm-hmm. boys who's list, who's playing video games on their father's surround sound system mm-hmm. So I and I I argued with them that we needed to turn it back up, but they didn't they didn't want you know,
0: Is anything argued. ever too loud for you, Ted?
1: Um, yes. Um, believe it or not, I took my daughter to a uh what was the name of that band? I can some uh, pop punk band my daughter wanted to see mm-hmm. it at the Pepsi Coliseum and it was not only was it brutally loud, but it hurt. Mm. See, I, when I was cutting my teeth as a sound engineer in the nightclubs around here, the I, they, I was the loudest sound engineer in town, but it didn't hurt when you, you didn't. It didn't hurt when you listened mm-hmm. to it. And, it's not
0: giving you a headache,
1: right? And and so I mean, this was just. And uh, what my theory is is that these young engineers are used to listen. They never listen to music in a space. It's in their ear canal. Yeah. So they get in a, you know, a 20,000 seat room with a giant PA and they try to mix it like it's in your ear canal. And that's what I think the problem is.
0: We actually stopped going to a church because their sound system was too loud. Right. I mean, you felt hung over. Right. When you left. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can see a difference between, you know, professionals and amateurs at shows too, because, you know, we always have um, earplugs in. Yeah. You know, because we know what that sound can do right. to your ears. So I always think that's uh, kind it of was, a sign. <laughs> it
1: was a long time before I could go to a concert and sit down and enjoy it as just as a listener. You know, without... can you
0: really do that though? Yeah, I mean, aren't I, you I, I, analyzing I, I, like everything? Well,
1: if there's something wrong, first of all, everybody around me that knows me looks at me and goes, "What's wrong? Oh, that <laughs> that one that that when the black eyed peas run." Uh, the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it was oh, just—it was, was uh, and uh, My phone blew up. People uh, wanting to what, know what is wrong. What Why is this so up? awful? And and a funny thing is, my my—I had a buddy that was there, because was it? Um, there was a country artist that was there out for too. The, um, Keith Urban. hmm And he was there with Keith Urban, and and he says it sounded fine in the stadium. It was the broadcast mix that was messed up on that. So anyway.
0: Okay. And there is a difference. Yeah. There is a difference between what's being put out on, you know, TV or radio and what you're actually hearing in the building, right? Mm-hmm. We do that with Radiothon a lot. What are we hearing on the stage? What right. is well, it sounding right. like?
1: Right. Because Radiothon, I mix in the building and Rick's out in the in the RV mixing mm-hmm. for radio. So yeah. it's two separate mixes. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think that's one of the things that's so incredible about what just the normal listener or viewer takes for granted, right? You. There's a reason those credit reels are so long at the end oh, yeah. of movies or shows
1: or... Um, Especially movies these days with all the, you know, the CGI stuff. It takes hundreds and mm-hmm. hundreds of people to make, you know, 20 seconds of CGI. So.
0: Well, Ted, you've had an incredible career and you have your own business now. You started it in 1999 and you have, you know, evolved as technologies evolved and needs evolved. And what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know?
1: Do something you love. I, I mean, it's like I would be doing audio whether f- if I was a plumber or a carpenter or something. That d- d- Do something you love. Pick something you like to do. Because, you know, I know people that, you know, got a degree and went and, and, and they've been in a job their whole life doing something they really don't care to do. And it, and it, it wears on you over time. So it, And if you're going to be successful, you have to have the passion around what you're doing. Especially if you're doing it for yourself. Because the thing when you're not working, you're unemployed. That, that's, you know, for every day you're not working, you're unemployed.
0: Ted, and, why does supporting local and being known as an Indian original matter to you? Uh,
1: you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to something Pat Sullivan told me. He said, you know, even buying stuff at the big box store you know, for him, you know, a hardware store owner, the Lowe's or or, or Home Depot, he says at least those stores are employing your neighbors, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's like, there's different levels of it as opposed, but even, you know, ordering from Amazon, Amazon's got a big warehouse here, Mm -hmm. so they're at least employing people here in the state. Yeah, there's
0: different degrees. Different degrees of how, yeah, Mm -hmm. but...
1: um, uh, I would much rather buy something, you know, because my, my hobby business is making woodworking and I make, you know, clocks and lamps and, and tables and stuff. And, and I would much rather have something that was crafted locally, um, like, like my, just one of my, the small things I do when I shave in the morning, I use locally crafted soap to shave with. That's just, it's my one little thing. I could go to the store and buy a can of Barbasol. But I, you know, I, we get, and it's usually, my family gives it to me for Father's Day and Christmas and stuff. So, um, but that's, you know, that's one little thing I can do to keep some local artisan, you know, because they've got kids they got to feed and put through school. And, you know, so it's like, you know, it's more like a, you got to form a community. And, and you keep it, if you, the more you can keep your community functional, the more, the the more the better off everyone is
0: well and I want to call back to something you mentioned just a little bit ago about doing something you love yeah right most independent business owners are doing something they love right and how much better is the world when people are doing something they love
1: right it is yeah
0: and so supporting indiana originals members supporting local right you're supporting what people love right and to me I don't know if you've gathered this or not um, but love is everything right love is a verb Right. Ted, besides com and our app, where do we find out more about you and how do we support your business?
1: Well, uh, T. Gregoric AV Consulting has its own Facebook page. Um, and uh, my my I'm going to put my phone number out. Yeah. 3, 317-418-4108. And it's on the Facebook page. So uh, I, I gave up on websites a while ago because it just... It got too clunky for you know it just and i don't sell stuff over the internet it just you know it, it so i gave up on a dot com um i had one see i started the business it was all systems go and when i did the dynosphere and the state museum and all that stuff i was but there's another company in florida called all systems go so i rebranded a couple years ago as t gregorick av consulting um so but uh i want to can we talk about my new thing again yeah. Let's so the so the uh, this new video system I've got that's nearly wireless. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm looking for is people that need to keep fresh content on either a web page, your Facebook page, your YouTube channel, Instagram, whatever that is. And so instead of having this six person video crew come in with road cases full of cable and blah blah blah, we come in two people do a three or four camera shoot. We can do playback, video playback, or um, PowerPoint stuff. We can add that in. Um, And so I'm looking for people that want to just like do a subscription. We come in once a week, every two weeks, once a month. We come in, get you some fresh content. We're like there for an hour maybe. Set up, shoot for an hour, we're out of there in ten minutes. And that's what kind of this new thing I'm looking into doing is. So it's like because every it's all about content right now, mm-hmm. and everybody's got to keep you know keep fresh content up and this and and because I this is system is so streamlined and so small and so portable, I I can do it for a whole lot less than what a traditional video crew does it for.
0: Content is definitely king. So Ted Gregorick, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here anytime.
0: And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals, Indiana.gifts, and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why local matters at IndianaOriginals.com and on our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local.
1: Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. I'm going back to Indiana. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by BNW Plumbing, Heating, Cooling and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.